You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush Hey there everybody, it's me, Joe Thrashenkill You're listening to another thrilling episode of the Toilet FL Radio Show I'm joined by my right-hand man You know him, you love him He's the internet's sweetheart He is the 365 Days of Horror Or, as I like to call him, Jordan Jordan, how are you? I am good, and I will start the show off by saying, Candle Mass, watch yourself. Show me what you're working with. <laughs> um, that might that might be a reference that goes over the head of uh, our audience now. Uh, either they're too young or they're not uh, entrenched in uh, early 2000s hip-hop. <laughs> Their loss. Uh, I don't know. If they probably don't want to look into the works of Mystical at this uh, at this stage, I believe he is uh, in prison for the rest of his life now. <laughs> it's just a little murdering. What's the big deal? I don't think he's a. Mur- I don't think murdering was his thing. I think it was something. Anyway, never mind. Candlemas. How about that band? Huh? <laughs> yeah. How, how about Candlemas? A long history. Uh, I, I think boosted a lot by their. Well-known music video and the doom stomping, and I mean, thanks to some early gifts in the early years of the internet, they've kept it going. The, it's 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 well known. Everybody knows the graveyard stomp uh, from "You Are Bewitched," but man, what a classic! It's it's still good. I don't I don't care if it's played out. I don't care if you know people uh, have have memed it to death or whatever. It's still fucking great. I mean, I think of it every time someone brings up the show The Witcher. I just, in my head, go, <laughs> you are bewitched. <laughs> I, would, I saw a couple of episodes of The Witcher. I was not interested. But if perhaps we could have it more in line with Candlemas's vision, yes, I would very much enjoy it. I mean, that's why you need fun people making shows so they can slip in references that to like everyone else, it wouldn't make any sort of difference. But for the couple people who know, they go, yeah, that's the thing I know. So who is who is the the beefcake guy that's uh, the Witcher on that show? Henry Cavill, also known as Superman, also known as the guy that they had to digitally alter his mustache out of the movies because he had some contract and was doing some show where he needed a mustache and he couldn't possibly shave it off and grow it back in time. So they just <laughs> used computers to give him a smooth upper lip. He couldn't wear a prosthetic mustache even. Wow. Um, no, he. Uh, I, I saw recently he uh, he's leaving The Witcher uh, because he's he's got beef with the writers because they were not being uh, faithful enough to the source material. <laughs> he has strong beliefs in the source material, and also I think because he's getting Superman money for another movie. Ah, uh, that makes more sense. Uh, what I saw is he was like, "This is not canonical." <laughs> he's like, "I'm out of here." <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, sirs! And uh, at that moment, I just realized that like. Henry Cavell, like, you know, you're handsome, you're muscular, you're rich, you're young, you've got everything going for you, but you are exactly like the listeners of our show. <laughs> <laughs> a nerd at heart, just way handsomer, more talented, and with a lot more money. Yep. So, you know, good for him, flexing that muscle. No, I read a while ago, the guy behind the Witcher stories, like, doesn't care about the show. He's just like... John Carpenter in a way. She's like, whatever, just give me my money. Pay me money, bitch. I'm trying to smoke weed and play video games. Just play Xbox all day. Yeah. Now, John Carpenter is really, 
what I aspire to if I can ever retire. I just want to be that guy, you know? His interviews always pop up, and there's always new rounds of them whenever there's a remake of, like, Halloween that comes out, and he's very much, I don't care. I do nothing and get a paycheck. It's great. But I did see, like, because he's a big video game player, that he likes the Fallout series, and I I want him to make a Fallout movie. How cool would that be? Um, Fallout has been my favorite video game series since I was, like, 12 years old, so, um, and for folks that, you know, uh, aren't familiar, they used to make uh, 2D games, (laughs) (laughs) and they were very good. Um, that would make me so happy having a, one of my favorite directors with one of my favorite video game properties. Might you might actually see a worthwhile video game movie? Uh, unlikely, but it might might be possible. If I could fantasy book for a minute, um, I played and beat Fallout Four, and yeah, in that story, it branches off in different ways, and you can make your own decision and go with whatever group you want. My fantasy booking idea for a movie is like for the first forty five minutes. It's the same movie, you know, all the details happen, but when it comes time to make a decision, you have different directors directing, if he goes with the railroad, one director does that, if he goes with the institute, another director does that, and it's different movies in theaters, so on like one side of the country, you can get the railroad ending, on this side, you get uh, this ending, and you have to like go and see different ones if you want to find out what happens in the different stories. That's an that's a really interesting ideal for uh, for an, an interactive movie experience. I suppose uh, I, I would be interested to see that uh, if if somebody were to recreate the Fallout experience from the way that I play it, though uh, it would be three hours of pickpocketing and stealing <laughs> shit, <laughs> just sneakily putting in nuclear bombs in people's back pockets. Exactly, exactly. Um, so you know, we we mentioned Candlemas at the very beginning. It's worth noting for folks uh, this episode we are once again joined by our chief Gen X metal correspondent Ian because he's got another big get. Uh, that's right, this time. We, uh, we have Johan Lenquist from Candlemass, the original vocalist, uh, coming to talk about the latest record from Candlemass, the early days, all kinds of good shit. Um, yeah, it's um, Candlemass has had a, a number of just people coming in and out, but Johan was like the actual first vocalist. I think he was actually a session vocalist when they did Epicus, Dumicus, Metallicus. And even if people have not listened to that, you know what the album cover is because it's the skull with a cross behind it looking very grim and evil. And uh, he came back not that long ago in 2019 and uh, has done a couple of EP singles, one album. And now they have a new one coming out this week, Sweet Evil Son. And I've listened to it and it's uh, pretty good. And it's actually a good like introduction to the band it's always funny how that happens where a band can release a new album but it's a good like place to start for people who have never listened to them before and i think sweet evil sun is a good place to start if you've never listened to Candlemas before so you know once again uh great get from ian he's he does great interviews i'm so glad too because we suck at it <laughs> it's good that it's good that ian is doing a great job for us because we're just never going to get that nailed down well, he, he has the history and the knowledge and the desire to want to have a good interview. And we're like, uh, so you got a new album about. Tell us about that. 
Now, all I want to do is talk shit. So for folks that are here for the Johan interview, go ahead and skip forward. I will put the exact timestamp in the show description. In the meantime, everybody that wants to hear us talk shit, welcome aboard. Where do you want to start here, Jordan? We got a lot to work with. I think people would want us to talk most about uh, the new metal version of when we were young. Okay. which is called Sick New World Festival, which immediately off the bat, I'm disappointed in, because how could you not call it When We Were New wa ah 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 Festival? Uh, I assume that uh, they, they did not do that st- strictly to avoid comparisons to When We Were Young, even though it's clear what you're doing. it's You're trying to steal that shine. It's not stealing that shine. It's the same people behind it. It is the same people behind it? Yeah, and it's in Las Vegas. Man, um, I I just don't I don't see this one popping off like when we were young. I see it getting some viral attention. I see a lot of people sharing it around like, God damn, wow, uh, Corn, Kitty, Cole Chamber, that's crazy, dog. I remember listening to those bands. You're just not, it, it does not have the same cachet as going to see fucking Blink-182 does <laughs> and when you're, you know, approaching middle age. I, I don't think you're going to get the same kind of turnout for this. But I could be wrong. What do you think? No, I don't. I think for many different reasons. Um, and I should note that Sick New World, I assume, is a play on Sick Sad World from Daria. I had to assume that, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the people behind it, whatever their actual name is. I'm just going to go with the Nostalgia Network. Um <laughs> They're doing it again in Las Vegas. This is going to be on May 13th in 2023. And I think one of the biggest things I've noticed about this festival is not even the style of music. I know some people just be going to go, eh, new metal. But let's be honest, we're at that age now where we have some disposable income and we will want to go relive our youth, even if it's for a day or two. Um, I think the... The main drawback from this show is that a lot of the bands on this have been touring for a while. Oh, yeah. Not uh, COVID and lockdown notwithstanding, like System of Down has been playing shows. Corn has been playing shows. They played around here like maybe a year ago. So it's kind of like there's not a lot of that. We have to see this is a one time only thing. A lot of these bands will just probably be coming to your local amphitheater or minor league hockey stadium within the next year or two. Yeah, you can see them for probably about 30 bucks at the most uh, if you wait a little bit. And if you're a fan of any of these bands, like, you've probably seen them fairly recently or you've, you know, passed on it because, you know, you're aging and you're into other things. It, it just, there, this is not, this is not the get that uh, the, you know, emo festival is. Uh, it's, it's just not going to work out. I... I think that also, you know, the uh, demographic that was hyper into a lot of these bands is just not going to be willing to shell out thousands of dollars to go to fucking Las Vegas for a one-day festival. I think that's that's straight up too much to ask. I could be wrong, though. What do you think? I mean, I, I hope it does well for the band's <clears throat> sake, but uh, I don't know. It's... The, it's not just a new metal festival. I, I kind of wish it was so that some of these small bands that really haven't done anything since the end of new metal 20 years ago could get some time to shine or maybe bring in some people that like they loved them when they were younger and never got a chance to see them and now they can. This festival is a mixture of like well-known new metal bands, a couple of like 
80s goth type bands yeah. or industrial type yeah. bands and then some new bands and we, we can run through the list a little bit see how i feel about them and we could play a little thought experiment and pretend that if we were at the festival already all expenses paid and we're there would you actually still watch them all right i'm, I'm into it so i'm gonna skip like the first line of bands on the poster at the very bottom because uh, i don't really know who they are i assume they're newer bands younger bands that'll bring people in so my life with the thrill kill cult um I associate my life with the Thrill Kill Cult with like, I don't want to say like predators, but <laughs> I want to say pe- people that make me very uncomfortable that were much older than me at the goth club, like when I was a kid. Uh, not not really into it, man. How about you? I think uh, older guy at the goth club is fair. I know Ian is a fan of them, so maybe we can get him to interview them and and talk about what it's like to be uh, 90 years old and still wearing leather pants. <laughs> uh, a favorite of mine, Monster Magnet. Yeah, of course I'd see Monster Magnet. Uh, I, I think the same thing. Um, you know, you and you and I probably encountered them at the same, uh, roughly the same point in their career. Uh, and you, and everyone saw the Space Lord video. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, also, that that track that they had from Heavy Metal 2000, very good. Silver Future. Yeah, that one kicks ass. Yeah, and Dave Windorf is about 70 years old now, so see him while you can. Uh, the next band, Orgy. Nah, dog. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to hear the one song you know? I mean, I, I, I would say that New Order is in my top five like favorite bands of all time. I, I would prefer to just listen to the original Blue Monday. There's a couple of songs by them I like, and I think I would see them... If like again, if I'm there, like out of curiosity, and just be like, well, I'll play the three songs I know. I'd probably sit through and also to see if they still wear like those future retro late '90s gimmick that they used to have. I, I would hope so, but also like I wonder if anybody that's going to this festival is as intimately familiar as I am with uh, their struggles over the past decade or so to try to get any kind of financial support from their fans. <laughs> <laughs> they have been a little desperate to uh, yeah. hit, hit it big again. Yeah. Uh, the 69 Eyes. I'm actually not familiar, man. They are a Finnish, somewhere between like Danzig and Typo Negative, horror punk, like the deep voice sort of thing. They were on Century Media in the 2000s, and uh, they're still kicking around. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess... I guess if I got nothing good, nothing going on, I'll check it out. The Birthday Massacre. I I don't know that one either, man. Uh, they are like '80s goth pop sort of sounding. There's one or two songs of them I like, uh, so yeah, I'd sit through them. Body Count. Yeah, of course. I've seen them before. They were great. I'd see them again. Body Count's in the house, and then you look around to see who else is saying words they shouldn't be saying. <laughs> Surprisingly low on this poster, Cradle of Filth. Um, surprisingly low on the poster, great fit for the festival, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I think it fits in well with them. I'd, I've never seen them. I'd like to watch them at least once, you know, just because. And to hear Danny Filth hit those notes live, or, you know, at least the backing track hit those notes live. I, I've probably mentioned it on the show before, but when I was in college, uh, 
Yeah, I used to uh, to to have a few drinks, and then I'd make people watch like the videos for <laughs> nymphetamine, and, and we would just be fucking laughing our asses off. <laughs> They're using their wrists like violins and cutting in it with the bow. <laughs> just clowning on this shit. It's still incredibly goofy to me, but yes, I would check it out. Cold. Nah, dog. <laughs> You just you don't want to get wicked. You don't want to sing along to stupid girl and want to love her. Want to kiss her, stupid girl. Just let everyone with an earshot know that Rivers Cuomo actually wrote that song. It's a Weezer guy. It wasn't even cold. <laughs> Another favorite of mine, Stabbing Westward. I I would see Stabbing Westward. They had a few. I didn't investigate them too much, but I, they had a few singles I really did like back in the day. They were like. Nine Inch Nails before Nine Inch Nails existed and then played catch up with them for the rest of their career. But I'm a big fan and I know the vocalist, Chris, actually has throat cancer now. So hopefully he's doing well and, you know, get a chance to see him if you can. I was lucky enough to see them when they did like their short reunion run and it was a lot of fun. Um, Yeah, I do that one for sure. Failure. Who is failure? That's familiar to me. I always get them confused with far. Who is failure? Did, who, do you know who they are? <laughs> We're gonna have to look it up. Man, I don't know. Uh, well, I guess they they failed at getting our attention. Get their fucking asses. <laughs> failure is an American alternative rock band from Los Angeles that was active from 1990 to 1997, and from 2014 to the present, they have released six full length <laughs> albums and five EPs. Oh, and they have a controversy section on Wikipedia. Oh, yeah? What do, you, what do you got here? The heart is a monster, fantastic plan live, and in the future, your body will be the further... Oh, my God. We're all funded by Pledge Music, a crowdfunding website. The campaigns for some of these albums were both successfully completed with all the crowdfunding... Oh, this isn't a fun controversy. Uh, an email alerted users to Pledge Music that failure was not paid at the end of the campaign for in the future and backers should seek remedies from their credit card companies if not too late. Failure instead sold the campaign merchandise directly from their own website. That's not fun. Yeah. There was going to be murders and such. Yeah. I don't know who these are guys are and I'll never know now. So, cause I'm going to skip them when we're at this hypothetical festival. And here's one we're definitely skipping Melvin's. Yeah. Sorry, Buzzo. You can buzz off a, <laughs> <laughs> You just one of those bands, man. Just not for me at all. It's not even like I hate them or like don't. It's just like you, this is uh, dry toast for me. It's nothing. You know how some people are really into like uh, Frank Zappa, and mm-hmm. uh, to me, it's just this is the most irritating noise on earth. That's how <laughs> I feel about the Melvins. <laughs> Lacuna Coil, uh, with or without pizza. <laughs> I mean, you can get pizza if you want. I'm sure there's $10 slices of pizza for sale at this thing. Uh, they, they, the Lacuna Coil, uh, the, the, the one fun fact I remember about them is that they used to have a member of the band named Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Well, I don't know if Pizza's still with them, but uh, I saw them once many years ago. Uh, there's songs, again, from that era, um, from the Comalis album that I enjoy. So I'd watch them if I was there. Uh, and they actually just re we recorded that album like put it out and it's you know, it's it's always weird when bands do that when it's not like we need the rights to this when it's like we sound different now so we want to 
you know, redo this in our own current vision. It's kind of like, eh, it's not necessary. You don't need to do that. Yeah. Also, all of the people that uh, love the original are not going to uh, suddenly switch over to the new one. It's, you know, probably yeah. not. It's, I mean, they tried. It's, it's surprisingly heavier than you would expect, but again, unnecessary. Yep. Filter. They had all of one and a half songs that I enjoyed in their heyday, so I'm probably going to pass on this one. Uh, I'd stick around in the back for the songs that I know. I mean, hey man, nice shot. It'd be fun to see live. Wait, no, and no, no. Again, I take it back. What if they play uh, Trip Like I Do from the uh, Spawn soundtrack? There, it's if, two and a half. And if the Chemical Brothers come out with them, yeah. that'd be worth it. All right, the, absolutely, I would see that. <laughs> and uh, during um, Hey Man, Nice Shot, you just yell at everyone around you about Bud Dwyer. <laughs> Just showing people your phone with the Wikipedia on it. Ah, uh, yeah, here he comes. Old Double D, R. Bud Dwyer. And I see he's brought a sack lunch. Smart. <laughs> Deep cut. Um, <laughs> I don't know who this is. Prayers. Uh, who else we got here? Horror or Ho9909. Nah. <laughs> They're the band from Festival Posters. Yeah, I'm good. No, thank you. Uh, Machine Girl. Machine Girl is really popular with like a bunch of uh, like my online friends that are super into um, like hyper pop and shit like that. I don't know. Probably probably not for me. It's like hard house electronic music, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I like one song by them, and it's not even a song. It's like weird atmospheric intro music with clips from the movie Machine Girl. Pro- it's prob- It's not for me. It's just not for me. Yeah. I think if you like Atari Teenage Riot, then this would probably be for you. Yeah. Uh, something called Health. I don't know who that is. Oh, you. Uh, yeah. Ab- health is cool. Um, I think you'd like them. Okay. I would like them, then I would watch them. Fever, fi- uh, Fever 333. That's another Again, one that's another- on every festival flyer. Every festival. And I, I know them because recently, like, two out of the three members left. So uh, we'll see what happens with this one. I'm Jesus. sure he can pull together. More like Fever 111, am I right? <laughs> um, uh, London After Midnight. I don't know what the fuck that is, dude. <laughs> Alien Ant Farm. Of course. Of course I'm going to go see my boys in the Alien Ant Farm. How about you? I, nah. <laughs> you don't want to relive movies? I don't want to relive movies or their Michael Jackson cover. There's been a, a weird revival of them over the past like couple of months of people going, eh, this is actually not bad. And it's like, ah, okay, fine. Boobastank. That is complete skipperoni for me. Seven Dust. I saw Seven Dust in, I want to say, 1998. And you know what? They were not bad. Uh, but I don't really have any desire to see them again. I would see Seven Dust. I've never seen them before. Play the hits. Uh, it could be fun. P.O.D. I think at this point in my life, I might rather die. <laughs> I will only see them if they bring Katy Perry out, Katy Perry out <laughs> to do their one song. <laughs> I'm just getting fucking horrible acid flashbacks of Bible Camp. <laughs> Soulfly. Yes, that is that is an absolute definite yes. 
I saw them once live many years ago. Uh, now I would, yeah, I would probably sit through them, but maybe have my arms crossed in solidarity with Mark Rizzo. <laughs> uh, who you got next? Kitty. Yeah, uh, that's that's a definite. This is that's one of the few must sees of this festival. I think so. I've seen them twice, and it was fun, and I'd see them again. And weirdly enough, they also played when we were young festival. That is very – get that bag, ladies. So I, I assume whoever booked it is just a big fan of Kitty. I got to assume, yeah. A spirit Box. No. <laughs> Quit trying to put push Spirit Box on me. <laughs> they are definitely trying to push Spirit Box on you. Well, again, one of those bands that always shows up not only on festival posters but on a tour you might actually want to see. Um, and I looked him up not that long ago and it was, isn't it someone from, uh, I wrestled a bear once, like their last vocalist. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know exactly what's going on. I don't want to cast aspersions on these guys, but there is a deep money or industry connection here that is making this happen. And I, I do not consent. I do not consent to having this foisted upon me. We gotta, we gotta, Pull the uh, onion layers back to find out the truth behind Spirit Box. Mm-hmm. Killing Joke. Killing Joke is a fantastic band. I would love to see them. I would see them if they promised to play Asteroid. <laughs> um, that's that's the thing. Like Killing Joke also has like ten fucking records. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean they have a very long history, obviously, and different styles and sounds and. Who knows if they would actually be up for playing anything later and not just stick with 80s. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I I like Killing Joke a lot. That's definitely, I, I think, the number one for me on the entire fest. And KMFDM. I, I really, I really do not fuck with that. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> no, and uh, not after them trying to defend some shitty people for doing shitty things. So, nah, that's a that's a bathroom break. Yep. Cold Chamber. I have made fun of Cold Chamber for going on well, we're probably entering the third decade of it now. <laughs> but I would stick around if they will play Big Truck. There's a good chance of them doing that. Yeah. Um and again, this is another point of the what we said earlier. A lot of these bands have been playing shows. They reformed not that long ago, and I, I think they put out an album too. And it's just like, well, it's not like for the first time in twenty years you can see Cold Chamber. It's like eh, they were touring not that long ago. So, and from what uh, I recall, it was not like a huge hit either. <laughs> it wasn't a huge hit, and I think they split again, like not amicably. Yeah, and I, th- I think there was not too long after they were saying they wouldn't reform again. So the money must be good. I guess so. Skinny puppy. Hard no. <laughs> You're not into uh, animal liberation industrial music? I mean, I'm into the first half of that. <laughs> 100 gex. 100 knows. All I know is that they are some sort of me band uh, group. I've never listened to them. I don't know them. So Invader yeah. Zim ass music, man. Yeah. Villy Vallo. Playing the hits of him or just doing his own thing? Well, there's the Hardogram logo above his name, so I would assume he would have to play you know, at least Wings of a Butterfly. Yeah. Well, um, in either situation, my answer is the same. Absolutely not. 
<laughs> is Bam allowed to show up? <laughs> not, not according to his uh, his uh, legal records. No, <laughs> his parole officers. <laughs> Placebo. Yeah, absolutely. All I know is the Pure Morning song. I don't really know anything else by them. They got a few other good ones. Meds, I think, was a big hit. Um, or maybe it was a regional hit. I'm not sure. Uh, but, you know, it's it's good. I like it. I'll save us the trouble. Ministry, no. Uh, we all know what you did. <laughs> and we know some of the things no one else knows, so there you go. And we're this uh, is one of the few things that we can't actually talk about on the show. <laughs> she wants revenge. I want a refund. Get it? <laughs> no, I'm not going to see that. How about you? No. I, all I remember is the name, and people were really into it for like a minute. And I remember seeing like pictures of people being really sweaty at the his shows, and that's about it. Uh, who else you got? Papa Roach. No. Uh, fucking no. It, <laughs> honestly, the longevity of Papa Roach is one of the most interesting things, definitely the most interesting thing about, about the band, uh, in that uh, they should have been a spine shank. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, they should have been... Spine shank was better. Yeah. They, they should have been any number of the... They should have been taproot. Comple- they should have been Union Underground. Yeah, completely fucking forgotten about after two years. And yet, here we are. Kobe Dick has had real longevity here, and I don't understand why. All the credit to them, all the respect to them. They have managed to have a very long and successful career. I think because they were able to make that transition to, like, let's just make pop rock hits, and it actually worked out for them. Um, but I mean, uh, before moving on, we just mentioned three bands that should have been on this festival. Oh, absolutely. There are all kinds of bands that should have been on this festival if it was actually catering to connoisseurs of new metal, which it is not. This is for I mean, fucking, ha- this is for fucking casuals. Okay. Casuals. Um, <laughs> how do you not have Mudvayne? How do you not have Limp Bizkit? Yeah. Taproot, like we said, Union Underground, yeah. Puya, our yeah. favorite, um, <laughs> Pressure Four Five. There's a whole bunch of bands that really should be on here in yeah. one form or another. Whether it's they've still been puttering around and they could use a boost, like Edema or Flaw um, or Saliva. But and then there's bands that you know broke up not too long ago that could probably use a boost. I mean, how is Nonpoint not on here? They have not stopped touring, <laughs> and yet nothing. Um, Death Grips. Wait, Death Grips are on the the thing. They are. Uh, I know a lot of people that are like super into, or at least they were super into that band a few years ago. I was not among them, though. How about you? I've never heard anything by them. And that's Killer Mike. That's Death Grips, right? Nah, uh, no, Killer Mike is uh, fucking... Uh, God, God damn it, I can't remember. That. It's No, sorry, it's MC Ride that's part of Death Grips. And then the other guy is Zach Hill from um, Hella. Yeah. <laughs> Okie dokie. Um, <laughs> Here, here's a reunion that will make like one person happy. Flyleaf with their vocalist Lacey Sturm. Yeah, for all of you folks out there that are a big fan of, uh, you know, uh, conversion therapy, this should be. Yep. <laughs> this should be for you. I can feel you all around me, unless you go to a prayer circle. Uh, uh, so I think yeah. that the only thing grosser than ministry is definitely this shit. <laughs> <sighs> Mr. Bungle. Weird. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch it. I'm not like a big fan or nothing, but I'll watch. I enjoy uh, at least their California album. It's 
again, like this would be a big deal if they didn't reform like three years ago and like put out their demo albums and had Scott Ian in the band. It's, yeah. It takes a little bit of the shine off of, oh my God, they're back. And just like, yeah, yeah they've been back. That's cool. Evanescence. <sighs> nah. <laughs> I, like, I, where's 12 Stones while we're at it? Fuck, I did see 12 Stones back in the day too. <laughs> Um, I, I don't, I don't like anything this band has ever done. How about you? Uh, I like the one song going on there, which came out after the hit song. But I mean, other than that, I couldn't see sitting through 45 minutes. And again, they're one of those bands that reformed not that long ago and have been touring and unceremoniously kicked out, I believe their guitarist, uh, about a year or two ago. Hmm. All right. Well, nobody needs the guitarist. They need Amy Lee. She's the, she's the star. Turnstile. Uh, I, I, I like that one Turnstile record. I have not really kept up with them since then, but sure. When they were a hardcore band? Yeah, exactly. I, I, when they quit being a hardcore band is when I quit following them. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a number of like hardcore bands over the past five or six years that have sort of gained in popularity and then changed. Um, Code Orange, when they were Code Orange Kids, as an example, Turnstile. I think Vane is another one. Uh, oh, there's yeah. a couple other ones that are like bubbling up in popularity and then just make that turn. They try to pull a Papa Roach, I guess. <laughs> you try to pull a Kobe Dick over here. Um, same thing with Code Orange Kids, man. Like, I really, really liked Code Orange Kids. Code Orange itself does not, not really do it for me. So, eh, I, 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 I'm not going to do it. Probably not going to do it. Chevelle. Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> not seeing red again, are you? Ah, uh, man. When I think about like the total fucking nadir of modern rock radio, I think that Chevelle is probably one of the the top bands in my mind, along with like Breaking Benjamin and Nickelback. Just like just turning everything into a fucking gray goo and then destroying any prospect of like popular rock music in America. <laughs> that was pretty much the end of popular rock music, wasn't it? Those yeah. couple of bands and then everything kind of faded away. Yep. And um, I'm still mad about it, to be honest with you, <laughs> even though I haven't, I have no stake in this. I'm just, I'm mad about it from when I was a kid and I was forced to listen to the fucking radio. <laughs> the Sisters of Mercy. Yeah, I, I would see that. How about you? Uh, yeah, I'd see it. Uh, and then we have the big ones, Corn. I've never seen them live. I'd sit through them. Yeah, probably. Again, so. folding, folding my arms in solidarity with Fieldy. I, I, I would listen to them, but I wouldn't know anything that they had done past yeah. issues. Yeah, that's true. They, they have like eight records after that. Hopefully, in a situation like this, these bands know to just play the hits for I the know. most part, and like maybe one off the new album. Oh, I hope they play Word Up. <laughs> <laughs> Deftones. I mean, I guess I'm there. I've got nothing else to do. I'll watch them, but it's not not my band, man. Yeah, you don't you don't care for them. Yep. Um, I'd see them. I've never seen them before, and I could look around at people and seeing all the ladies fawning over Chino and just being like, N- "Where were you when he was fat?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Incubus? Um, no. There's not a single jam by Incubus. <laughs> I would, it would make me very happy if they played like one of their 
rap metal songs from when they were like just starting out. Oh yeah, and they've completely like denied that that era ever happened, right? Like Brendan Boyd had gross white boy dreads. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And they had a the DJ was really doing the scratchy stuff. Wiggle, 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 wiggle. Yeah. Um, so if they did one of those, or they did their version of uh, uh, "I'm not a player, I just crush a lot." But other <laughs> than that, you know, it's just it's going to be "Pardon Me." It's going to be uh, "Satellites" or whatever. It's whatever. Uh, maybe they'll play the megalomaniac anti George Bush song they put out. Oh fuck, dude, we're we're due for a revitalization of uh, the rock against Bush shit, like. Uh... <laughs> What if I would, you know what? I would go to a festival <laughs> that was curated with nothing but bands that were on the Rock Against Bush compilations. Like Anti Flag? Anti Flag, like the, the unseen Tim Armstrong. Like bands I have not thought about in a good 15 years. I would absolutely go to that. That's where you get the nostalgia for, for a dickhead like me. <laughs> and at the very top, System of a Dan. No. <laughs> You going to see? You gonna go see the System of Down? I would see System of Down. I have a bunch of their albums. I like them, and I've never seen them live, so I would go. Well, there you and go. And that's it. That's this festival, and we'll see if anyone drops off or gets added. But uh, yeah, uh, missing bunch of new metal bands that would have made this actually fun. Well, I suppose that uh, now that we've completely alienated our audience for real metal, uh, with all of this talk about new metal. Uh, it's the time to get to uh, this uh, this real metal interview. How about that? I think now is a good time to do that. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. And uh, hey, be good. Bye. Hello, listeners. This is Ian back again. And today we've got a real exciting one for you. I'm here with Johan Lanquist, vocalist for Candlemass. Johan, thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you, Ian, for calling me up. Now, back in uh, about 2019, we interviewed Leif, and this was shortly after they announced your return to Candlemass. And he said at the time that you were just the most fantastic person to work with, the easiest, the funnest. And uh, <laughs> I suppose nothing's changed because here we are years later. Albums yeah. Later, I assume. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, actually, I think that he he has... He has more energy right now, <laughs> and he still has it because you know he had he he has done every single gig since that, and you know before that he used to have another bass playing doing the gig, so that's pretty amazing, and uh, he's been, he's been very productive. The last years, I can tell. <laughs> well, let's talk about the. We're, we're here to talk about the the latest album, Sweet Evil Son. But let's get some context for that. The stretch from 2019 to now has been a pretty tough one. I imagine, you know, from your perspective, it was just nonstop adjustment. So, can you talk about the the past? Yeah, few yeah, yeah. Do you want me to take it from the very beginning, or what? <laughs> Well, we can start with the 2019 beginning and get to the epicus. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, I got in the band in the band uh, to actually 2018, and they said that uh, oh, called me up and asked me if I wanted to join the band again, uh, and it was the perfect timing for me. So I said yes. I, I need to listen to the songs 
But if I do like the songs, I'm in. And uh, the very next day we went to the studio. I I'm, I'm doing it fast now, if you've already heard about it. And uh, I heard the songs and I said, wow, these are great songs. And I said, can we start a recording right away? And so we did. And within a couple of weeks, the vocals were done. And then we just went straight on and did a couple of gigs. So uh, it was a pretty stressful but uh, <laughs> funny time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course the very first gig w I did with the band was of course uh, I was very nervous but, but uh, just a couple of minutes uh, into the show I felt that yeah it feels very good again because I haven't uh, you know I've been into music uh, for all of my life and uh, uh, but I haven't uh, been on the, the big stages uh, candom as I'm playing so <laughs> it's scary. I have very little experience on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't actually don't have a problem with that, you know. But but you wanna, you know, I had a lot of eyes watching me for the moment at that time. So, is he still alive? Can he still sing? And there was a lot of discussions, and so I knew I had to perform well to be accepted. But uh, it seems that I managed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and you were able to do it still while live shows were happening. And then yeah. you only got so many of those under your belt. And then that was impossible for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, how did that affect the writing of this album? Were you able to get back together in person? I know a lot of people I've been talking to said, no, we we've, we had to write this new album totally remotely. Were you able to get together in a room and hash things out? Is that your usual writing style? No, actually, you know, Leif is the main writer of uh, pretty much everything in the band and he's always been and uh, fortunately he's a very good songwriter songwriter so that's not a problem uh, uh, so i think it started up s somewhere in the covid period uh, i actually didn't know that he had started writing new songs because it was pretty sad because we were doing pretty good and then all of a sudden the whole world closed, but uh, you know something bad is happen happening. Something good is coming out in the end. So, uh, and you know, he he called me up and said, "I've done a couple of demos. Can you come down to the studio and we put put some vocals on it?" And uh, so we did. And then he takes the demo back home and working with it more. And uh, you know, in the end. The way we are recording it, that, that's how it starts. Lips makes a demo and then we, uh, John is coming down and putting on the drums and uh, the guitars are coming down. But we're not doing it the old-fashioned way, playing at the same time. I think pretty much all the bands are doing like that these days. And yeah. it's, in, in a way, pretty rational to do it that way. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and you've been doing it for a while. I, in, in prepping for this interview, I, I challenged myself to try to listen to all of the Candlemas catalog, which I didn't quite get all the way through. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of different singers. <laughs> There's a lot of different singers, but the thing, the thing that I had forgotten about 
I mean, the first Candlemas albums I heard were uh, Ancient Dreams and Tales of Creation, and Epicus I heard after I heard those. Okay. You know, in the 80s, we didn't have, you know, we, we had copied tapes for the most part, so who knew what the credits actually said? <laughs> and I, I, honest to God, didn't know that the singer had switched from the first album to the other ones. And so I guess the to get into your style and how you sing and, and how you've been thinking about this over a decade. <laughs> I was really surprised that the style that Messiah is credited with is, it's definitely there on, on the very first album. I mean, you're, you're doing it. He's imitating what you first put down. And so I, I want to try to get into your headspace when you, cause you don't sound like that exactly anymore. No, uh, no, uh, there is a difference. You know, I, I can't clear. I can't be so. What do you say? Clear anymore when I'm pushing. <laughs> it's I'm going more distorted by the years. But uh, fortunately, I'm doing metal, so it works anyway. <laughs> oh, for sure, age and experience and just changing tastes have something to do with it. But what were what was going on in your head when you were recording? I, what kind of reference because you could you have had at the time did they ask you to sing like uh dio or they ask you or, or nothing like that actually they just uh leif was singing a couple of uh, tunes for me and then i try to copy them and and uh, do it my way it's pretty much as simple as that but you know i've been into i was i, I i've been into metal music for a while and and I think that's somewhere you know when when you were young and I and I remember the very first album that really hooked me was Judas Priest and you know Victim of Changes and the Sad Wings of Destiny album and uh, and then later on Rainbow Down to Earth uh, Rising Dio and a lot of singers but uh, in my, I, I, I knew in a way that I can't sing like that. So you know, I have to do it the very, do it the very best that I can, <laughs> because they're more kind of high pitched singers than I am naturally. So yeah, they, they they were my biggest inspiration in the very beginning, and of course there are there are a lot of great singers but uh, that's where it all started in the very beginning to me i i was thinking it sounds a bit like uh early jeff tate queensreich there's something about you getting down to that talking register ah you got me i i'm actually a really big fan of jeff tate later on uh, so you're right uh, he's one, he's on my list for uh, when it comes to great singers same. Same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's also something else that, uh, again, I didn't quite make it through the entire catalog, so I, I haven't done uh, the math on this. No. My impression is that there's virtually never backing vocals in Candlemas songs no. unless you're involved. So. Is, could you, uh, can you talk about backing vocals a little? I mean, I, I'm sure there's some backing vocals every now and then when you're not involved, but when you're doing it, there's a lot more of that happening. It's a very different sound. Yeah, 
that is not that much back vocals on the very first album. Epicus yeah. doesn't have that. No, no, no. Because that's we we have actually been talking about that because I when we're out there playing live, it's always just me. So I have to make it happen all alone. <laughs> no one else want they want don't they, they don't want to sing. <laughs> and I would would be great for me, but uh, so far I'm standing there alone, and uh, in a way it works. Fortunately, <laughs> sure. But on these albums, I'm 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 definitely hearing you know layered backing vocals on there that I I don't get on their earlier albums. Is is that yeah something? You yeah, you know you have to try out things. You know I'm uh, I'm doing a couple of the background vocals myself, and uh, there are. Uh, some other people doing background vocals as well. And, uh, you know, it's put something uh, on uh, when you're doing a record, you know, may maybe the song is rising a couple of 1% more or something. So it's well worth uh, trying it out and see if it's okay. So uh that's pretty much it it happens when the, when the record is done you you're sitting down listening to the record is there something more that we can do to push the album even a bit more and then you know backgrounds background vocals and maybe some keyboards and stuff like that it, it could be very good but uh, not too much i think <laughs> that it's uh you know it's subtle enough that i couldn't put my finger on it until I listen to some, you know, older albums. Mm -hmm. What's, what seems new here? It's not just, uh, you know, a, a different vocalist. There's some, the sound of Candle Mass yeah. is evolving. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but, but we all are pretty much stuck in the 70s, the 80s, and Leif is a big fan, fan of the old school sounds. So... Uh, it's kind of old school sounds sound uh, in a modern version or something like that. I don't know. You know, I'm I'm pretty much death on one of my ears, so I'm not the right person to talk about every single thing that is in the music because I, there are some frequencies that I can't hear actually. <laughs> oh, that must be really challenging. No, it, actually, it's not. It, it, singing is working fine, but uh, you know, I, I shouldn't sit down and do mixing and stuff like that. I'm the wrong person for that. <laughs> I gotcha. I, I want to go back to you mentioned uh, finishing up albums and getting keyboards involved because one thing that I love about Candlemas is keyboards. Yeah. And I I'm I don't hear enough people talking about that aspect of the music and it, it's it looks like you mostly used the same keyboardist the, the whole time yeah uh, yeah we we call him Doctor Carl Doctor Carl <laughs> yeah I think he he's actually a doctor oh, <laughs> Very, really? yeah I think so yeah I've met him I've met him a couple of times but um, I don't know his history. <laughs> But he is a doctor, yeah. Oh, funny. So he's a mystery to you, too. Uh, yeah, to, at least to me. I've just seen him playing. I played with him once when we were doing a, a live streaming 
and uh, I met him. Uh, we have had a beer once or twice. So, uh, but he he is doing a great job as well. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's he's an old friend of life. Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell me what you do know about how he got involved. I know he's got a band called Carp Tree uh, that I, that is Oof. pretty special. Oh, I don't know anything more about him. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. That'll have to be a mystery we solve another day. Yeah, talk to Leif about it. He 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 knows. <laughs> uh, let's go back to talking about uh, singing and writing. When you're, this is a question I wish I asked more vocalists. It, it, it only came to me when I'm thinking about talking to you for some reason. But when you're uh, when you're thinking about lyrics or, or how to deliver a certain line, do you imagine a particular world, like a Candlemas world in your head? Is there some sort of imagery or mood or, or something that, you're, that, that informs what you're doing? Yeah, yeah, in a way. I think I picture what I'm singing about in a way and trying to, you know, just get into the story in a way uh, and um, yeah you have to you know f from the very start when you hear a new song with no vocals you have to find your way into the into the song of course you know you there are some some uh, you can hear not that often but it happens you know when you hear the vocalist he's not in the song he's somewhere else and you have to find your way in in the into the song and uh, you know just put on the star button and and uh, just have fun for a while and all of a sudden you're in the right mood to start the recording it's it's a lot of fun you know i'm pretty much I could even be a bit crazy during the recordings, actually, <laughs> because I like it so much. We're having such a good time <laughs> when we're in the studio. And I guess th that's why Li Leif uh, likes it. Uh, you know, I'm ready to try out all kinds of things. And sometimes I'm just playing around myself and I'm screaming to Marcus that, did you hear that? That was good. Can we record that? And Marcus, he's so professional. Don't worry, you one. I already did it, so it's there. So, yeah, we we have a lot of fun, and uh, that's very important, of course. Yeah, obviously. Uh, so, can you tell me a little bit about the the things that give you that candle mass mood outside of recording? Is it, uh, you know certain books or movies or, or things that that you recognize and say oh yeah there's something in this that i that that's given me that feeling <laughs> it's pretty much you know i'm a big fan of heavy guitars and why and when i hear good guitar riffs you know something is just starting to grow inside of me and uh, it's so powerful with great guitar riffs and and uh, and I, I simply love it. So uh, uh, I don't, that's all I need actually. Good drums, bass, and heavy guitars. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I think we all agree about that. Otherwise, we wouldn't even yeah. be in this place. Huh? <laughs> uh, 
But metal wasn't your whole life, and I imagine it's still not your whole life right now. I've, I've talked to some people who, who had some pretty uh, surprising side projects and in very far-flung genres. So when you're not working on Candlemas, are, are, do you have other kinds of music that you do, are you, or, or do you play basketball? Yeah, yeah, when they called me up, I was actually working on a couple of songs for, for, uh, for an album. And I do when I get some free time, but uh, Candlemas is what I is my priority, and I've told them that. So uh, I give uh, Candlemas everything, and if there is some leftover time, <laughs> uh, I'll work on my own stuff. So uh, and they know they know about it. So. Uh, and they said, for sure, you want to do your stuff. It's not a problem at all. And uh, but you know, we've been working pretty much lately, so there, there, uh, there's not that much time for the moment. But um, I'm working on it. So one what day, like <laughs> roundabout, what what would you say it sounds like? Yeah, it's heavy metal in a way can be heavy and uh, fast yeah a touch of the 80s in a way it's gonna be a good album i think so i'm pretty sure about that actually <laughs> but i can't tell you wh when it's all done but uh, i'm working on it <laughs> Well, whenever it comes out, I'm sure we'll talk about it. It's interesting to me that uh, that you stress it's fast. I think it was. Yeah. If I were in Candlemas, what would I want to do on the side? Probably something really fast. Yeah. No. 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 I, I love the slow stuff as well, and I'm doing slow stuff myself too. But uh, um, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why it it, it works pretty well for me for the moment the the reason is that i've been into music all of my life in one way or another you know i've written so many songs and throw so many songs in wasted uh, and uh, but there are still a lot of songs left so <laughs> i just have to re-record them uh, so one day there will be something coming out well, and one day, perhaps by the time this airs, Sweet Evil Sun is going to be out for everybody to listen to. I've had the promo for a while. I've gone up and down it, and it's a real fun listen. What do you want uh, fans to be on the lookout for when they get access to this full album? Yeah, yeah, there is. There are, of course, great songs. The first two singles, there are great songs. Easy to, uh, um, what do you say? grab people in in a way and maybe we find some new you know the audience used to be very old just uh, let's say four years ago not very old but you know i'm very old <laughs> too so uh, but there are a lot of young people these days coming to see the show so that's pretty amazing and uh, uh, i pretty sure that they won't be disappointed listening to the album, the new album. Uh, Leif uh, is very proud of this album, I can tell, and he he thinks that it is, this is one of the best albums that he has ever written. And uh, what can I say? I love the songs. They're great songs, so I agree. <laughs> 
I agree too. Well, it's been fantastic <laughs> talking to you. Is there anything else you want to add before we part ways? Uh, no, I think we've talked a lot. <laughs> I'm fine. And you? Is there anything left that you want to say? <laughs> oh, I, I could chew your ear off all day long about this yeah. stuff. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for making time for us. Yeah, today. thank you, we, um, for calling me up. It was uh, great talking to you, man. And maybe we'll see each other one day. <laughs> Fiend of the essence I'm trying to
You are listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush